0: Hey guys, it's me, Ron Funges. I might be coming to your town. If you live in Atlanta, Georgia, I'll be there September 29th at the Red Clay Comedy Festival with Janine Garofalo and others. It'll be great. October 4th through 6th. Ooh, let me say that again. October. I know how words work. October 4th through 6th, Comedy Connection, East Providence, Rhode Island, as well as October 18th through 20th at Parlor Live in Bellevue, Washington. And also don't forget I'm on that Chris Jericho cruise. If you got the money, come on by. Be on a cruise with me and a bunch of ra- October 27th through the 31st. Look that up in all my dates as well as t-shirts because, again, we are listener-supported. We don't have any advertisements. I'm already I owe Halston a lot of money, and it's starting to freak me out a bit. So if you could help us out, uh, buy a t-shirt at romfunches.com. I got several t-shirts. We're going to get some getting better t-shirts up there. If there's any catchphrases that you heard me say that you want on there, or if you just want a shirt that just says getting better to let people know what you were about, What you trying to do? Let me know. Thank you guys for listening and watching the show. I love you. Welcome to Getting Better with Ron Funches I'm Ron Funches It's our third episode Um, It's actually We did their second episode just a couple of hours ago With my mom I think she nailed it The feedback has been incredible From me Because that's the only person who's been able to do anything Because uh I would, we just did the second episode a couple hours ago and then i went and did a pitch meeting and now we're doing this episode and then i'm gonna be out of town for a week in chicago for all in and starcast i'm very excited about it Oh, um, i put on a different shirt uh, just to show you the passage of time so that you feel like you got a different show and it's a different week even though it's the same week so just like uh you know the next week we'll get a lot of feedback in um i guess uh, why i want to start with the show since i went out and did a pitch um, I, I want to talk a little bit about Pitch meetings. I assume people who listen to this podcast might be interested in comedy and, and um, the background of things and, and how things work and I'll tell you a little bit of how it went. Um, we, we go in and I'll never really mention like a network or anything because I don't like to be classless. I think that I don't want you guys and also if things don't work out I don't want people to be tweeting or emailing and be like oh you didn't do this here you know oh F you you know uh, Spike TV, <laughs> you know, I get many projects in the spike. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know that's a network anymore. Um, so I went in and did the pitch meeting with uh, which is I go in with two other writers and who are also producers of it, and then they also, uh, the production company behind it. Um, when you go in to the pitch, there's already a, a pre meeting when you meet with a production company to pitch it to them and then if they are into it they go around and take it to networks with you Um, and so I would already pitched with this production company and they were into it and so then we went and now we're going around this week to pitch to networks who will either decide to buy it or the project will die as it is Um, and so what we do is um, basically um, I come up with an idea um, and then the, the writers that I've known from previous work which is why um, experience is important You know Sometimes people think They're just gonna jump in Right away And write a TV show And um, That That could happen But more more likely is that you'll you know work on other projects and then you'll meet people and you'll and you'll collaborate together and then they'll work with and get bigger and you'll get bigger and then you'll come back together after failed projects and then you'll write a new project and then maybe they'll take that and then that'll fail again. Um, so it's just a bigger journey than just being like oh I just wrote this whole big script and here it is and and now I'm on TV because usually like going in with a full script can be a detriment to you uh, because then you don't have a place to pivot from if they don't like that full script you can't be like well i'm willing to do this so what we going in is It's called a treatment um it's just an idea a pitch pitch document of just um what the story is about what, what format whether it's like three camera or single camera you should learn what those mean if you want to work in this industry um and then you just break down the story, break down the characters, give two or three story examples, and then you're, you're out of there. And hopefully, you can answer questions if they have questions about the world. So that's what we went and did today, um, and it was with a, a network that I've worked with before, and. So they're already very nice you know and that's again a good part of it is that going into these places and knowing these executives and seeing them before and them knowing i'm funny and them knowing that i can write you know and so you again you have to prove it step by step sometimes and um, I thought it went, well, you never know. They never tell you usually right in the room. Um, but when I was leaving out, I saw Jermaine Fowler and, and Quinta Brunson, who are uh, amazing comedians and, and just cool. And um, I, it was just made me feel really good to be part of this community where we're also, you know. And Gabe, I'm sure you, you're into that. We'll get into that. We'll introduce him. <laughs> Don't worry. He's not just sitting here. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> just watching. Yeah, just watching. <laughs> you know you know what it's like when you see other black actors just making it and it makes you feel good and a part of that community. I mean, it does make, make me, it. me feel good. It does that's make good. me feel good. good. If it didn't, we have issues. <laughs> 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 uh, so I guess that's perfect segue since he's just been sitting here slightly chuckling. And um, I don't really have a, a, a long intro because this is the same day. Nothing new has happened. I still came back from Bloomington. Um, my mom was great on the podcast. If you listen to the last podcast, you know what, what happened to me in the last week so we can't really go back into that we can talk about how I found out that Hassan started his first vision board Ooh. Ooh. Welcome to the a, club. Yeah, he just put a guitar on it, but that's it. Maybe but but we talked somewhere. later. We talked later, and then I think it started giving him some ideas about what else to put on it's there. It's
1: not the weirdest vision board I've ever seen, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> so, who we have with us
0: today is uh, one of my my best friend. I guess I'm not his best friend, because I found out that a baby is his best friend, <laughs> it, 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 even though it's not even his baby, which is it's, weird. I it was just I was being nice on the internet. Well, that everybody knows that Instagram comments are the truth, and if you write, "This is my best friend," you're my best friend, right nice, <laughs> Hi, on the podcast, that's recorded. <laughs> that's recorded. My best friend. Uh, he's my um, co-writer on many, many projects. Um, just my, my my feature, my opening act. When you see me on the road, usually, you know, usually, a, yeah. about what about say a good eighty percent of the time. Yeah. I say, you know other times Shane Torres rarely um Blair Saki now mm-hmm. and uh, uh Billy uh, Wayne for a while Wayne Davis Ramon. and Emma Arnold yeah but mostly usually you mm-hmm. because you know I just known I've known Gabe since uh like what two days after I started comedy um, probably really early on yeah yeah so I've known Gabe for about 11 years now um and so we have long-term friendship Gabe from Portland Oregon uh, and um Gabe is one of the most positive people that I know he has a very good outlook on life and gabe has a good story on his life (laughs) and and a positive journey that he's come from he's overcome a lot but he's still going through a struggle (laughs) (laughs) so we're going to talk about gabe's journey of getting better and we're going to talk about um maybe a bit of our writing process uh we'll talk a bit about um, what your goals are out here and, and and just learn more about Gabe oh you know? thanks for having me Ron I'm like, thank you for being my second guest. <laughs> <laughs> so Gabe tell people a bit about uh, you where you came from and, um, and then let's just talk about let's talk about oh, no let's just talk about how you used to be a shithead <laughs>
1: uh, well that's you see that's it you're interviewing someone you already know so you get to cherry-pick like the good stuff yeah you already I know where the goods to, are. yeah uh well what part of when i was a shithead when you were doing a bunch of cocaine and at a blockbuster video uh yeah i was look I, it was the early 2000s it was pre 9-11 life was good okay you know there were a lot of hopes uh yeah i was working at a blockbuster video uh i'd been promoted to- how old are you uh i got hired there when i was 15. Mm -hmm. Uh, but i got promoted to a manager as soon as i turned 17. when you were old enough to see an r-rated movie you could become a manager. nice. and uh my first year because until then you were blocked away from that section I mean, that's what they would say is yeah, that You can't yeah, even go over it. Yeah, you can't like handle the R rated movies. Yeah. It was Blockbuster, so there was no like X rated. Not Hollywood when you had yeah. that little visors. No, no. Yeah,
0: so many people won't even get these references. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. People strange. listening to podcasts, listening to video rental stories. <laughs> Uh, But I made like a lot of, I made like $35,000 my first year as a manager. That's a good amount. It was. was, And the way I looked at it is like I'm making as much money as like some of my teachers. So I'm going to quit this whole like high school thing. And I'm going to go all in with Blockbuster. So you felt like there was a lot of upward momentum with Blockbuster Video at this time.
0: and I thought you were already the manager.
1: Yeah, and, and I thought like I could become like a district manager, uh-huh. where you're a manager of multiple stores. Mm-hmm. You're making a living. I was like, that's my career. I enjoyed it. I, I was like, I'm going to be a career Blockbuster guy. Okay. I mean, that's those are. Low goals, I would think. Well, I mean, but also like, you know, I didn't come from, you know, like my, not that it's bad, but, you know, my, my dad was a construction worker. My mom was an administrative assistant. So, you know, it's, it was told to me very early on, they were like, you're probably not going to go to college. College probably isn't going to be your thing, you know, and I wasn't good in school. Uh, so it was kind of like I found something I thought I was good at, and I was like, I could do this. I could, I could really. I'm good at rewinding in these videos. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good at rewinding. I'm good at talking to people. I was good at.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't that kind of funny in some ways when you stumble upon? What your path is through other means. I remember that was the only way I would survive at jobs. Like I was a good worker at my gro- at the grocery store as a great cashier because people would choose to come in my line even if it was longer because they wanted to talk to me. Yeah, and, and I would talk to people at my bank call center job and get good scores even though I wasn't taking as many calls. <laughs> I wasn't taking many calls at all. Um, but that, and I could just talk to myself out of trouble a lot right and um i remember just learning that at an early age i think i remember i was 14 going being like around the family reunion and just cracking a joke and hearing everybody laugh and being like "Oh, okay i have a lot of power in this moment yeah and i think that's always stuck with me you ever have a, a moment like that
1: mine was i was really really young uh i did church plays Uh, When I was a kid and I would always audition for the main person and never get it. I would always get the comic relief and I I hated it for a long time. But one of the last ones I ever did, I was playing an old man. So I had like a bald cap on and a wig and I just I'd made up a voice for my character. And I just remember being like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to stand on my little, you know, masking tape mark and I'm going to fucking nail it. And I did and I went to like a mega church. So it was like 500 people and I just remember feeling that That rumble of a laugh and you know later on once I started doing comedy and feeling that again, it was uh, very familiar and I think that was also the moment that stage fright was just kind of washed away, but that's it's weird that I never really took that then and thought of being a performer
0: well of course i mean why would you it's just it's a small part of your life but i think a lot of us you know if, if you look back at the beginnings of your life or you look at your your childhood and in some of your teen years you see these like moments that kind of shaped who you were and was like oh okay i always was meant to be a comedian." like even when i talked a lot about the lady liberty job and stuff like that was like okay these are
1: things that were meant to get me out <laughs> yeah. of my shell you know yeah i had to go through these type and of the, things. and in hindsight it's a funny experience you know, in the moment, it's not, but... A lot of times in the moment, I'm going, this will be funny later. Yeah. I, I remember the first time I ever did stand up and after, because it was one of the one times where like it went well my first time, and I remember getting off stage thinking like, oh, that's what all that bullshit before this was for, was to set me up for this moment. This is what it was all... You know, I have a weird last name. I went to five -hmm. different elementary schools Mm -hmm. when I was a kid, so I was tormented, like, every time with my name. And so it made me become funny you know funny was just something that as a um d- as a defense
0: mm-hmm. yeah you
1: know same same
0: as me being a, a you know chubby pork kid growing up in the south side of chicago with a bunch of more tough kids and i'm like oh man you guys you want to listen to cranberry you know and they're just like no not at all and, and you know we want to smoke weed in the, in the closet and i'm just like oh we're not supposed to do that yeah like even then i was like i'm gonna do it later yeah. but not now because i'm not old enough oh know? i was
1: such a square about pot when i was i told on my dad one time and not just to like my mom i told my babysitter my grandpa my mom you try to get your dad arrested oh i was like, and i remember the way i phrased it i was like i saw my dad smoking something and it wasn't a cigarette (laughs) such a little bit and to this day my dad's like you got me in so much trouble for that yeah man you're a piece of shit though yeah um we're, we're talking about blockbusters, so no. Now
0: I want to switch okay, along. Okay, Tell yeah. me about the time you almost died.
1: Which one? When you almost died doing heroin? Well, I had uh, when I was when I started smoking pot. The first time I smoked pot and actually felt it, uh, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And this was at a time when like dare was a big thing, and I I remember thinking like they were wrong about this. They they're giving us misinformation. So then I really was like, what else are they lying about drug wise? Uh, so I started doing like like meth. Uh, we called it crank at the time. Crank was our, our way of calling it. Um, and so I had been dabbling in that for like six months. And my mom and I had gotten into a fight and I would met some kids on uh, the MAX. It's a public transportation system in Portland. And they were gutter punks that were flopping at a friend's house. And so I went over there and did more meth and hung out with these guys. And (laughs) they told me. How old are you? uh i was at this time probably 15. okay
0: that's very young for meth. it's pretty young. i think like 15 is definitely like if you were smoking weed i'd be like oh okay you were a little bit of a rebel and, and if you were like okay i did mushrooms i'd be like oh, okay you uh, my mom wouldn't let me hang out with you but like meth at 15 i was like you must have had a full-blown job or something
1: uh, like that
0: seems like you would have to be it, a trucker well, how do you even get it
1: a friend's mom was addicted to it, and his older brother, they were both addicted to it, so you know we knew they were doing it they would always and this is something that like is just not not that they were good parents, but they would always when they would do meth, they would smoke pot with us, but then when they would do meth, they would be like, "Kids get out of the room, the kids get out of the room, so it made it feel I like like that That's, I mean that is solid parent but it, it makes as kids it was like well, we want to be grown ups. You know, especially mm-hmm. at fifteen, we want to be grown ups too. We want to do what they're doing. Want to so, do hardcore? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, I I never really got too into it because uppers just make my heartbeat too fast. Yeah, you're not. I mean, knowing you, you're not an upper guy. Yeah, one, I'm pretty peppy just, as yeah, it you're is. Like, yeah. Uh, so I don't I don't necessarily need it. But um, this was towards the end of that whole whole period. But. Uh, So I'd been up for a couple of days hanging out with these gutter punks. Uh, I had mentioned that I always wanted to try acid and they mentioned they could get it. So we got the guy over and I took some acid with another friend who had met up with me and and came over to this house. And so uh, I see the group of guys smoking out of the same pipe that we had been smoking out of when we were doing the meth. And uh, I was like, hey, can I get a hit? And one of the new guys was like, nah, this isn't for kids. And I was like, fucking hate it when people say, I was like, kid, I'll show you a kid. And they gave me the pipe. And like, this is a really shitty thing to be proud of. But like, I'm good at hitting math pipes. Like, I'm just, I have a good temperament for it. And I I understand what you're trying to, I was really good at it. I don't even know what that means. So I took a really big hit is what I'm saying. Like a really big hit and they were impressed and I felt good. Uh, and you know, I, I couldn't tell you how much later, but I started to feel kind of like sweaty, you know, and, and then like the room kind of started spinning and the acids kicking in. So I'm also, you know, experiencing, I forgot about the acid. Yeah, you tend to, uh, but so I, I start feeling like I'm going to get sick. So I leave this apartment and, uh. So right now you're on acid and meth. Uh, yeah. And I've been up and once you've been up for a few days, you're already like kind of, Oh,
0: I've been there, you know, taking care of an autistic child when he <laughs> would only sleep two to five hours a day. Yeah. You start seeing things getting
1: fuzzy, things get weird, things are funny, but then they, but then you're cranky. It's a very moody time. It was not the best. And so I start throwing up. My friend calls his meth mom who uh, comes and picks us up and the whole way back, I'm just, they're having to stop so I could throw up. I was trembling like each little knuckle on my finger had its own individual tremble. It was terrifying. And so we get to my friend's house, not a hospital for some reason, and they put me on the bottom bunk of this bed and, and they give me some water. And I just remember like, I, and they put, I'll never forget because it's one of my favorite movies now, Martin Lawrence Blue Streak. That's a good movie. They put it on the DVD player and just left me in this room. And I remember, uh, you know, trying to call out and not being able to. And I just thought in that moment, I was like, you fucked up. You're you're going to die tonight because you fucked up. Because And, and I didn't know at the time, uh, it was a few days later, when some mutual friends uh, were like, hey, I don't know if you know, but you did heroin the other night. And you should probably think about what you're doing, and uh, and I did. I also did acid a bunch more after that. I didn't. Yeah. I was like the next day. I was like, it's really not fair that I did that the first time I tried acid because now I don't even really know, you know, what it was. What it was Where like. Do you
0: think that this came from this like self destructive streak, this like rebel streak? This uh, because the gay I know now is so. Um, scared yeah (laughs) yeah that's
1: the word yeah um i don't know you know I, i think about it now because i often think i'm like i was so bold in a way that i mean i i know why now because i i feel very lucky i think i i treaded a very thin line and a lot of the people you know who i knew are they're they're dead, you know, like people I was close with are gone because of it. And, and other people who survived that, that aren't living much of a life, you know, I, I feel very uh, lucky and sometimes not I mean, not. I don't want to say unworthy because that's not true. I do feel like I made better choices than a lot of them, and <laughs> I did. I I recognize what was going on, but but I do. It it's sad when you think like, man, that was yeah. Little survivors remorse. Yeah, um, but you know, I think it came from. I just didn't think that you know, I never really had real repercussions, you know, I was able to do, I was with all the, you know, like, like vandalism and drugs and stuff. I never got arrested. I never really got in a lot of trouble. So I think I got kind of cocky. And I was like,
0: that's so weird culturally for me, you know, because I feel like it's very much drilled and you young as a especially growing up in chicago as a young black kid it's like hey don't step out of line because you could get killed right like you could you could be put in the back of a car and nobody will ever see you or like someone will just shoot you on the street you know? right um so it's it's never been like that i think that there's um a couple of trains of thought that I've, I've read about that in, in the book I was reading by, from James Prince, where he talked about how there is a, um, there's a certain luckiness and a, a, a great thing in, in having that childhood and having that ability to be a rebel and being thing. But there's also a, a certain, another type of gift in having adulthood thrusted upon you early and learning what the world is like early. You right. Know?
1: Um, which I guess in some ways you did have because you're doing this very young. You mm-hmm. know? And and the one thing I will say with doing it young is I was able to, you know, recover from things, you know, yeah. from being awake for two days on meth. It didn't take quite as much, but I do wonder you know, in what ways? Because I was young and I was uh, slow to develop. You know, puberty was late for me. So, <laughs> I I often think now, like I'm like, did it? Because I can't grow facial. Hair. You know, I haven't shaved in four days. Mm. You know, I have next to no arm hair. I'm Your like, did it? Are, hair is wispy. Yeah, yeah. baby hair for arm hair. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, did it? Did it? Did mess it turn with you me? into white trash? Yeah. it or, <laughs> Hell no, man! You're born with that, <laughs> born, born into it, and and that's also too. Like I have my family's history had a lot of like drugs and alcohol yeah. in it. So it, it's just you know we were we were lower middle class. So it was just something that was there and you know or portland yeah well in oregon in general that's what i
0: knew you know because from my ex-wife's sister um being addicted to it and um and 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 i just knew it all over the place but it was never but i think for me i was like this is not something black people do (laughs) (laughs) we don't do math yeah and i was like
1: in you know i was a little punk rocker at the time so i was like speed like fuck yeah go faster that's what we do we go You know, and and I, at a young age, like, I had a very kind of... I never thought I would be 35. Mm. Like, I just... I thought that was a, a crazy i understand that concept. mindset i mean we've talked
0: about that before um where it was like when i got on Undateable, and i was like oh shit i'm like 300 some pounds and maybe i want to live maybe i want to be <laughs> maybe i want to see how many sitcoms i can get on you yeah know? I, I got on this one and i don't even know what the fuck i'm doing
1: totally what if i learn what i'm doing
0: <laughs> i can i can do this a lot maybe i want to live I, I need to lose weight
1: you know <laughs> i remember that bit that was a funny bit thank you How did,
0: speaking of bits, how did comedy get into your life? How did it come in to be, to um, get you out of this drug haze and and get your life together? Well,
1: it's weird. I got fired from Blockbuster and uh, it was a very, what am I going to do now kind of thing. That was my plan. You know, I quit going to school for, I quit going to high school for it. You know, like it was, it was very sudden and, and shocking. It was my fault, but it was still very very shocking and so I had a friend from high school who was friends with a comedian or her parents were friends with a a local comedian and I would known him for a number of years and I had just turned 21 and I was like I'll go see him do comedy and I saw you know I'd watch stand up on video and stuff and on TV but I had never seen it live and I, I was like blown away i was like this is the coolest thing i have ever seen like i'm coming here every week and uh so i went back the next week and uh that got really drunk and started heckling the headliner and uh, i thought i was helping him Mm -hmm. i was like i'm gonna get him off of his routine and you know, let him just be himself. Living up. Yeah. And I thought I had done such a good job after the show. I went up and I was like, Hey, I was that guy who was heckling you. And he goes, uh, he goes, well, if you think you're funny, there's an open mic here every Sunday. And I was so drunk. I didn't think he was being condescending. I was like, Thank you so much. He sees something in me. <laughs> <laughs> like I was just
0: so. <laughs> oh, that's that white cockiness that you carry. With you. That's that little Tom Cruise right. that it was you just carry. so naive. I was like, oh. oh, you're like, all right, everybody's on my side. Yeah,
1: yeah. And that's so, so fun. But then I got. Uh, is it Judy Carter or Judy gold, who wrote the comedy Bible? I always forget I don't know, but i I read the beginning of that book, and Austin's looking it up, <laughs> and that led me to my doing my first open mic nice yeah and then and then, yeah, and then I had a good set my first time, you know, as far as good sets go, and uh the other comics told me about other shows in Portland, like I didn't even know you know this is two thousand and five, so there were there was no scene in Portland. Yeah. So it, it, I had no idea, one, that there was going to be other comedians, and two, that there were multiple shows. Where did you... Th- Carter. I thought it was Carter. No, Carter.
0: What did you think of me when you met me? Cause I couldn't remember. I,
1: I know. I love this, too. because we. Had, I thought you were a jerk. And I thought you were the funniest person. I'd, I was like... I remember sitting back with... I'll name drop this one with Kyle Harbert. Nice. <laughs> and I... Because we would make bets on open micers if we heard they were new we would bet on on comics and yeah i'll talk about this later because this is just too inside but uh i remember standing at the back of harvey's and watching you go on stage and i remember you had that cheetos bag full of urine bit and I remember leaning over to Kyle and just being like, that's a fucking bit just right out of the gate. Not a, a joke, not a, a series of, of connected themes. It, is, it was a chunk. It was a well-written bit. And I just remember being like, this guy's going to blow us all out of the water nice and then i did you did
0: And a story i called it and,
1: <laughs> and i was way better at that game than kyle was i picked way more winners than he did
0: yeah i mean we had a great crew end up coming out of there me and shane torres and, and ian carmel and, and amy miller i guess even though she claims to be san francisco <laughs> <laughs> well and, and she was kind of you know you were
1: the caitlin warehouser now yeah great she's killing it but you were kind of the first one, the first, you know, like, cause I remember, you know, especially when we were just kind of, you know, when we were just in the heyday of, I never really thought, I, I thought we were good. I thought we were funny, but I still never thought like, and it was, it was like, this is just fun. We just do this to, you know, yeah, to be good and to push each other. But I never really... And it wasn't until you came out here that I was like, oh, wait, like you can do bigger things if you see it, you know, if you if you push yourself to it. And I think that really kind of uh, for a lot of us, I'm sure, you know, Ian and, and Shane will both say the same thing that that seeing you break into the kind of bigger business showed us all that, like, you can it can be done.
0: Oh, that makes me very happy. Um i just remember going going starting in portland and then quickly seeing like okay there's some people here that are very very funny and and and, and it was a great time period i think in any scene it, it was just a lucky time where the scene kind of grew exactly as i was growing comedically and and when i first started it was just kind of this wild wild west of like <laughs> two or three mics and and nobody giving a shit what and it was, it was all about becoming a, a road comic like yeah. and, and not like and a road i knew comic i didn't like wanna be but I, I yeah, I wrote comic as then going to the middle of Washington, middle they, of Oregon. They
1: were the last pirates. Yeah. I mean, they were people, you know, avoiding, you know, bills and lives yeah. and stuff.
0: I mean, I don't think a lot of people don't know about that. There's like, there's like, so many different worlds of comedy. But mm. in general, there's like two main world's to comedy which is, is road comedy and and more i guess club comedy yeah I guess like the, the club word. road As, and and by road we mean mostly i guess barish like yeah surprise comedy <laughs> yeah when you didn't even know there was you just showed
1: up at the bar and now there's a show we had a place that told us that they couldn't turn football off or people would leave but they would mute it but there was a big screen TV just to the side of the stage, so the entire show, everyone was looking just to the side of you. <laughs> it was the, the best and the worst. Definitely done gigs like that, truck stop
0: gigs. Yeah, uh, just just the worst. And and you kind of can live in that world for really as long as you want to. It's kind of very much it's very structured like a regular job, where it's like, how long have you been doing it? Yeah, and um, like who do you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and you can get success there by a form more of a formulaic comedy of like just being like uh doing the classic stereotypes and being if you're
1: an overweight person really
0: pointing that out
1: making fun of yourself you know and and i think you know it's i think there are comedian stand-up comedians who are performer comedians and writer comedians and some who are a little bit of both but you know i think a lot of you know those road comics are performers yeah they put on a show and the material is kind of interchangeable amongst them
0: yeah yeah no disrespect to it because if that's your life and that's who you are as a person live that life and they'll they'll
1: crush nine times out of ten in rooms that i will a lot of times yeah yeah no they'll
0: kill me today yeah you know yeah but um, I knew from the get-go that that wasn't my path, and and I didn't want to do that. And so, and I also knows right away there's going to be like a mix between people who just kind of want to hang out and go do karaoke after, right? Or, or do a softball league. Or yeah, just looking like for
1: people to say hello when they walked into a room.
0: Yeah, and just hang out and have a place to be like, oh, we're all doing it. And because sometimes I feel like if you have that group mentality then you don't feel that you're failing because you're like none of us are making it we're all here together and it's just not possible and we're grinding and then if
1: somebody breaks that illusion for you it's like the most toxic like nice thing you can do you know like because they're they're just trying to be supportive but it's also not helpful you know if everything's great then nothing's great no which i think is a big
0: thing about having a work ethic in comedy and comedy and and really treating it not again not competing with other people but competing with yourself yeah to always get better and better at um at conveying your message and, and, and just working at being funnier and, and expanding it which is why we're moving on from stand up and trying to write shows and, mm-hmm. and doing things of that nature um I want to talk a little bit about our, our writing process together in case people are interested in, in trying to get better as, as writers. I was talking to people on a previous episode with my mom about how um, I'm not very good at, at, at the structure of building the initial um, script. Right.
1: <laughs> or what we call the bare bones. Yeah, the bare bones script
0: and, and, and you kind of built that and then I come in and I do the painting and
1: um, we just talk about a little bit about that process yeah yeah, yeah absolutely I, I mean it's still you know we're still learning uh, it's still something that i think we're getting better and better at each time but yeah um you know we we have an outline so we know roughly or i mean we know actually very specifically uh what we're doing it's um you know an outline of each scene and i go in and you know just kind of make a, okay well, then let's step
0: it back from the beginning sure, you know, like, let's tell people how we how you make an outline and, and we're gonna let just go from the beginning of like when we have an idea for um
1: a pitch let's take it from that until to, to all the way to the script form how does that go well i mean it's a lot of expanding you know it kind of starts with a two or three sentence description.
0: Yeah, you should be able to break your idea down into a couple of sentences. If you can't break it down to its bare bones of, of what this show is, I mean, what people call an elevator pitch is mm-hmm. they, what it's called. But just the uh, two or three sentences, and, and what used to be a big um, hurdle for me was always that, it's this meets that, you know, which is what everybody wants. Right. And um, and, and I love, that's like an improv
1: game for yeah, me. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> I just never meant because I'm like, this my show is right. what it, it
1: is. Well, Well, and it's a silly concept that like they want everyone so big on originality, but they want you to compare it to two things that already (laughs) exist and were hopefully successful. But I, I also get what they mean, because sometimes that does help. You know like those two things are yeah not it does the same thing. sometimes hone your vision
0: in uh, as well right yeah so like so so the first show that we're working on that we've already sold and that we've been writing um i forgot what is the this means that on that it was um i forgot i forgot uh for
1: for uh how should we i don't know how to reference them now uh, adult show or child <laughs> show about me and malcolm uh so yeah, what was <laughs> what was the elevator pitch? I mean, for that one, it's been so long now. Yeah, I mean, we've been working on that forever. Uh, okay, so
0: I guess we'll we'll just go with the new one, which is the one about me and my dad. And the pitch for that was that it's um, the Fresh Prince of the Bel Air meets the Beverly Hillbillies. Right. Yeah, or like Wonder Years meets the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Right. Both of those, and and so we worked from that. Type of and point. it's a
1: total clear description of like, just saying that it's like, oh, okay, I get what you mean. You know, they're not the same show. So it's not, it is still a technically original idea, I guess.
0: <laughs> and so you go with that pitch and then you, you write out a um, more of what, like I say about
1: a paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. Paragraph just kind of describing what it's going to be, but the whole thing is going to be about, um, you know, just like the the scenario that you find yourself in. Um, and then underneath that would be your characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, your main, main characters. characters. Yeah, you don't need to bog them down with secondary. Um, and then a description of your pilot, the, the first episode, which is the kind of get to know you. Yeah, and that can be pretty long. That could be a couple paragraphs. That could... Yeah, that'll be, I mean, or even up to a page, a page or so. Because yeah. the pilot is just describing so much more. Um, And then just a few fun ideas that you have for future episodes to show that you have more than just an introduction.
0: Boom, you just made a treatment, y'all.
1: Yeah. There you go. And it should be around, like, no more than, like, Five pages. Oh and when you're
0: pages. doing your characters don't you know go ahead and pick actors and actresses that you
1: think you want to be in it. Yeah and you know at the I mean? bottom put like think you know. Yeah think put little pictures
0: of them you know <laughs> and, and you know, so that you, you have a good idea of what you want to do and, and maybe you know, if you're Pitching something to a very small,
1: tiny network and you have a very small budget. Don't be like,
0: "Oh, we're going to get Ron Funches because I'm not coming." But, but
1: I don't even think. <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily damn because they they know they're not going to get Morgan Freeman. Yeah, but, but it gives them an idea of what the character the type yeah. is, yeah. and that's
0: very helpful. Totally. and So then after we make a treatment and we go and we pitch it, which is like we pitched today for this show, or I did, you didn't get to go, <laughs> uh, and then. Um, if they buy it, then it's time to write a script Uh, pilot. So you write an
1: outline like we were talking about Mm -hmm. before and, and the outline again, it's really expanding. So you have the, you know, maybe a page of the pilot from your outline now expand that, you know, get in more detail. Uh, so now you have like a five page description of the pilot and then you break it into the scene heading outline. Uh, which is every scene so like at the top of a script when it says like interior Ron's house evening Uh, don't
0: give away this script
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know and so and that really makes you know for me because writing entire scripts was very new when I moved out here and the scene heading outline is such a a tremendous tool it will make it so much easier especially with with getting to that's one thing i
0: would say if you're a writer who's never ever ever written a script before it's very difficult it's Mm -hmm. very daunting so you have to break it down break it down the steps find scripts of shows that you like um if you if you live someplace where you can get a hold of one get it if you can just download it online yeah
1: there's internet movie script database uh, just print
0: them out you can read them you can get a sense of of how the the structure and how they wrote it and 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 for real if you if you're a for real writer
1: um and Again, if you can't afford it, you just can't. But if you don't have Final Draft, you, you're not doing it. It really, I I used Final Draft for years before moving out here. And one of the first things when Ron and I were working on something with other writers, they asked if I knew how to use Final Draft, and I was like, "Fucking here, I do." not And they're like, "Good," you know, like it's it is something it's well worth it it's not an annual yeah fee. you have to you invest
0: in yourself if you're out there spending that money you know if you're a stand-up or whatever you spend that money and doing shows drinking or whatever save that money up get you get you a copy of final draft <laughs> because you you can write these scripts it's not as hard as saying that's the thing that always um got to me that it seems so daunting and then i'd meet people who sold scripts and i'm like
1: you're dumb <laughs> yeah. You're not that smart at all well and that's a big part that i think you know with getting to the bare bones when you know just writing out the script that you know I give to you, and and then you go through, a big part is just finishing it. It's really easy to get lost in like, oh, I need a person's name, a location's name. I need a joke right here. Like, fuck yeah, that. Like, a lot of Oh, right. Needs yeah, our bare bones
0: scru- scripts are often like joke here. Yeah, there's gonna be a joke
1: here. I do not want to stop my momentum to to focus on some joke that in the rereading will be you know done and done This is something
0: that's not going to be coming out. I mean we the script that we have sold um,
1: I've
0: been working on that since before I moved
1: here. We wrote an entire other script that you know we'll never I don't think we used anything from No there's some things tonally. totally, totally but but I mean yeah I mean the amount of of work is it it really is work and you have to enjoy doing it because you know yeah and you just continue to get better and better at it um you have to know that you'll fail you
0: have to know that um even if you sell a script the odds are that it w- still won't be made right. you know you can we sold it uh, we sold another script previously the um with, with the people that we're working with now on this new pitch and uh we were so excited and it was fun and and, and, and it just, I mean,
1: that was, I was so, (laughs) I'll just, please tell me. Uh, so like I had just moved to LA and, uh, you know, I live in a living room, so it's kind of like, and Ron and I are are working on the show that like a network's already interested in. And so we go in and meet with these writers and they kind of give me like how they work and their whole thing. And, about an hour in, they go, hey, just so you know, when this gets picked up, you got a job. And I, like, in my mind, I lose it. I'm like, I got, I'm got, i going to get a job on a network TV show <laughs> two weeks into Hollywood. <laughs> I own this town. I am the greatest. Like, I was just so, like, in my mind, I was just like, hmm, don't worry about... Oh. People are like, oh, you're sleeping on an air mattress. Are you okay? I'm like... <laughs> better than okay (laughs) because my future's bright (laughs) i got a million dollar check. (laughs) i should write it up now and uh and then that show did not get picked up Mm -mm, we did not didn't Uh, get really that close to no no but you know it was i mean at that phase, you know, we didn't really write any of the script. They just sent us pages, and we, we worked punch on up, it. Yeah, and and so that was. It's been so funny just how the baby steps have kind of been just at that perfect time. You know, if I would have moved out <laughs> six months later, it would have just, You know, you would have been leaps ahead of you know in writing and and so it was really kind of a
0: perfect yeah which is why i was always pushing you to come out here and move out here and and we could talk about that and we lead our segue mm-hmm. halston what's our time right now Ooh, oh nice let's talk about that seems like we have enough time then cape how's your life gotten better recently mm-hmm
1: well, I'm not on that air mattress anymore. I got Man. a regular mattress. That's beautiful. Um, no, I mean I feel more creative now than than I ever have. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough since I've been out here to barely make it without having a day job. So I've been able to focus on on creativity and things I you know came out here to do. Um, You're Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah, yeah, mango. Although I feel like his like uh ability to produce like finished products or yeah, way but, better than you like, from that museum
0: we went to. Yeah, like, two hundred fifty in Paris yeah. alone.
1: Jeez. I wrote like twelve sketches in Portland <laughs> <laughs> and I do not want to see them made after I die. <laughs> um yeah, and my stand up feels, you know, sharper than ever. You know, I, I feel really good at what I do and I you know, when I first moved out here, I would say I want to be a writer, whereas now I feel like I can be, you know, I, I was kind of just saying it when I first came out. And and now when I say it, like, no, I I have a skill that is, you know, it, not many people have, and, and I'm good, I'm decent at it, and I will get better. That's beautiful to hear. And you're keeping your vision board and you Absolutely. got goals and, and you got a lot
0: of positive, positivity, even though you live in a living room and stuff. You feel like things are going better than ever before.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, LA and I think probably New York are like some of the only places where you tell people you live in a living room and they're like, yeah, so did I when I first came Oh, two Two years in a living room, fine. Like, once it gets to three years, maybe figure it out. But, <laughs> but you know, everyone out here has a, a two years in the living room story. So it's, you know, it's. Yeah, I mean, I always tell my story that I came out here. Um, I didn't
0: have anything. I moved out here with just my car and my Conan placard. And <laughs> uh, was like, uh, my aunt was like, you could stay in, in, with me in Pasadena. And then two days later, not yet not 48 hours <laughs> she was like we gotta reconsider something. <laughs> and i had to scramble well
1: good yeah, pasadena's terrible
0: yeah it was it would not have been a great place no it would have been fun uh, but you know end up living in that house flop house with a bunch of other comedians and and really grinding and being with people who are kind of negative and didn't want me to succeed and i
1: will say that like my my roommates are like i may be in a living room but like their are roommates where it's like what are you working on? What do you care about? Like, they're very, uh, a lot of us read, like, self-help books. Yeah. And, like, there are a lot of mushrooms done <laughs> in my house. So people are very, like, in tune and just like, hey, how you feeling? So that's <laughs> that's nice. Like, it is a very positive, uh, you know. Your a posi- comedy
0: is very positive, Gabe. I, I, I talked about that. Um, on the last episode about how what I like about our show together and I think you have mentioned it is that for like an hour and a half you have this show that's just kind of like upbeat yeah and positive there,
1: well there's no no victim you know in, in what we do like if anything it's us you know like <laughs> yeah. we're the victims of our our own uh material but yeah I um I mean I I can go dark I definitely have a dark side but I just don't think that uh, that's my strong suit you know I, I smile a lot you know I think it just I like bringing joy to people I I like helping people out and feeling like I did something for them so you want to tell us a couple of your goals
0: for for the future? What's what, what's what's on
1: Gabe's vision board? What's going to happen for Gay? Um, on my vision board is uh, well, a, a lot of not living in a living room type stuff. So that's yeah, a big that makes one.
0: Sense. That does make sense. Uh, I don't even know why I asked that question. Yeah, like there's it'd like, be weird if you just said something else, right? Away. Yeah, You're like I want to go on a trip. I,
1: <laughs> I have a, a clean toilet and uh, a big bed. <laughs> Those are the first. But um, no, I want to. Um, I'm going to self produce uh, an album because you and I have been going on the road for you know almost yeah, and I'm two like, years. Hey, now. I'm sick of hearing this material, and yeah. and I'm sick of doing it because you know a lot of it is coming from the past. Yeah, and when I was in a different place than I am now, and um, so I'm going to self produce that. And, and I
0: think that's and that's very important. I think in a way to to do comedy, I feel a lot of people try to be like oh i have to do uh like louis ck did and do a new hour every year and also be a pervert and, <laughs> <laughs> and i don't think that's the case i feel like it's always about i always try to build my comedy around my life where it's like if my life's changing then i need to change my comedy and if 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 it's changed a uh, big thing for me with the hour it was like okay when i started the hour you were there it was all about me wanting to get a house mm-hmm. and then i bought a house and yeah. then it became a thing about
1: um, me achieving goals and and it was actually like in hindsight now like looking back at the you know it was a little uh there was like a cockiness to the pre-house mm-hmm. to where it was like when you had the house it, it really kind of brought the kind of gratefulness yeah yeah the difference and to me i think
0: that cockiness comes from wanting and not getting yeah not you were getting
1: rejected it. for you know you were actively getting rejected, rejected from for macy's cars loans. yeah yeah well and when you were looking for houses you were getting yeah. rejected from places so you know in of course in your material you're going to be like i want a fucking house as opposed to like ah, i got a house you know yeah. the sigh of relief um so yeah nice <laughs> Dead stop. <style. laughs> yeah, I was. There was something I was gonna say, and then I just, um, I just lost it. That's fine. I just I'm
0: both, I like, I just like how you say that as a viewpoint in comedy, and sometimes, and I think in and it's good for life to just
1: not come from a place of desperation, and, not
0: come from a place of wanting.
1: And I'm big with, you know, like you were saying with the Louis C.K. thing, uh, with the new hour, not the pervert thing. Uh, I think that is such a curse that. That people, you know, when he did that, he was selling out theaters on his name alone. You know, he wasn't doing morning press. So he was in a different place when he started doing that. And I don't think any absolute in comedy, like I always do this. I never do that. It's like,
0: yeah, you build your your own craft.
1: How about you just
0: enjoy it? Yeah, Well, I always feel is, is just to have a strong philosophy in comedy, which I think we built like before, which is like we try not to harm people. We not try. We try not to do old stereotypes. We Just try to write from a place of of things that we know, which is why a lot of things are placed in Oregon or are or just about my life, and, and and we just do that. Just keep everything in house and try to. Cause I think my favorite thing about any type of comedy, whether it's on TV or in movie, is that it brings you into a world that already existed for that for them yeah you know that's my favorite thing about comedy and that's what i try to write from is like this world existed already i've seen these things these are very specific things so you know
1: they exist and because they're so specific that makes them universal totally well i mean in that even with you know going back to our our writing work like i forget what we were working on the other day but you gave me like two sentences for a scene we needed to do and just with those two sentences that were very specific to your situation i was able to write a scene because it was just so clearly you know from that world it was it was coming from that but yeah i just think you know any art you know not just comedy but it's about trying to understand the world that you find yourself in and you know whether or not you're going to create in that world or you're going to destroy you know i think some people i like that i like that a lot and then that, that
0: that makes me think a lot about some of the comedy we see now where especially some older comedians where it seems to be them going like the world has changed and i don't like it mm-hmm. it's not them trying to understand the world it's them trying to be like the world
1: used to be like this yeah and it's like we know what it used to be like tell me what it's like for you in this world but I think a lot of them are worried that they're going to say something awful because it's a very, you know, and, and I don't know, maybe when, when we're older, you know. We're yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Everything works in a cycle like that, you know.
0: And hopefully we get to that time. Yeah. But hopefully we get to that time where we're in a rich ivory tower
1: and we just don't <laughs> connect with but them. I don't like these kids. with their, I could only imagine what. I don't like these robot comedians coming out with all their robot humor.
0: I think that was, I mean, that i'm gonna shoot that pitch down because you know robot which is a very
1: easy sound. all right fine martian humor okay i, don't like, I like that one humor. that one i like <laughs> 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 so you're working
0: on an album hopefully we'll hear that real soon mm-hmm. um anything else going on for you i know
1: you're in acting class and in we're writing stuff class. together where can people see you online uh i'm on instagram the most i'm on twitter the least. The, no I, I wouldn't even say follow them on <laughs> Don't say that. You can follow me on Twitter. If you want to not be burdened by having to hear every inane thought I have about every wrestler. Who are you speaking of? Nothing, no one. <laughs> uh yeah, follow me on that. If you uh, want two jokes a year.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know I like that that Pin joke has like almost more likes than I have followers. And I'm like, so they saw the tweet, they thought it was funny, they looked at my account and they are like no. <laughs> yeah. They did their These are people that do their research. Yeah, if you want strong opinions on uh, comic books on yes. Twitter. <laughs> yes. Yes. Tell people the handle. Oh, at Gabe Dinger.
0: (laughs) You're really not good at
1: (laughs) for both of them. It's at Gabe Dinger. (laughs) You'll find it. (laughs) (laughs) Is
0: there anything else you want to talk about? Anything, anything, anything I've done for your life?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you, you've been absolutely helpful. I mean, you believed in me before I believed in myself for coming out here. You know, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine, uh, you know, and then not to mention you've been so helpful with letting me, you know, help you with, with the writing stuff and going on the road. I mean, it, it's, I couldn't do this without that. So
0: that means a lot to me and I don't, I mean, but I just don't, I don't want to get into it feelings wise, I wanna talk <laughs> about it. Like I think that's just a strong part of being a, a leader is knowing that you can't do things all by yourself. And I I mean I just and you need people that you can trust around you and people that you know are good as well around you. And and I knew that you were both. And so it's just like yeah, I was like there is a place for you here. And I think a lot of people are like, oh if you're not the like the guy, you know, if you're not like I'm gonna be on T V and I'm gonna be crushing it and making millions of dollars then there's not a place for you here. But there's so many things to do here. So many different avenues of people who um started stand up and then they move into writing or or they move into even production or 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 they move into being an agent. You know? There's so many different avenues. If you just love um, the field that you're in, whether it's comedy or whatever, uh, just get started totally. in whatever area that you can get started in. Whether it's if if if, if even if you don't want to be a stand up, but that's all that's going on, maybe go f- learn a little bit about it. You know, the, all these things feed into each other. You know, my stand up um, informed my acting, and, and going in and to acting class and going and, and taking it seriously made my stand up better, and, and which
1: also helped. My- and acting class because we both have the same coach uh has helped the script analysis has helped with writing absolutely so we can break down script
0: easier we would know like okay i would never want to play like something that's written like this yeah yeah you know you you learn to love all your characters and and really put something else behind them because you want people to really play them and have fun when they play them Um, and 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 these are things yeah i mean and and plus i just love acting you (laughs) know but you yeah everything feeds into each other and everything right now in hollywood is about being a multi Hyphen it. Right. That's the word that people love to throw <laughs> around. If you're just a writer or just a, a actor or just a um, stand up, you're kind of just beholden to that world and it can lead to you bumping your head to a lot of things where um, I know I make a lot more money telling the same jokes. Because I was on the show, you know. There's a you know there's a bigger check just because I'm telling the same jokes that I was telling before the show, and then (laughs) if I get on this show, it's more money, right? You know, and then and then it just gives me more opportunity to hone my act, helps me get better, and maybe there's just things you don't want to do. Don't pursue a negative goal for sure (laughs) if you're not if you don't want to be an actor don't be an actor yeah. because it's so hard yeah. and if you don't want it there's a million people that do don't come up the works <laughs> trying to just be like i ah, 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 try but if you have an interest in it if you deep down you're like oh i used to have fun at these plays like in high school or at the mega church you know <laughs> you're like oh i had fun i did these things you know for
1: follow that yeah if, there's something there there's yeah something in that in things that bring you joy
0: yeah it brings you joy and things that bring you fear mm-hmm. if it's a fear that that is stopping you and, it, and it's not you know a rational fear it's just something you yeah as long as it's not like a violent fear yeah or but if it's a a i, I remember the thing i i just learned myself um just from being a very fearful young man and and there's a quote from from Julius Caesar where it was just like a hero a uh, coward dies a thousand times but a hero dies but once and i always something i, I remember putting at on my phone and just being like this is how I need to live my life. Like every time that I don't make a decision or I'm not acting the way that I want to act, that's a tiny death that mm-hmm. I'm going through. And I, and I, the death will come no matter. So I might as well live my life being bold yeah. and enjoying what I want to do as long as I'm not hurting anybody. Yeah. And I think that's very important. So I learned to chase those fears. And I think that's something acting class... All the way around has helped, like, with writing, with stand up, but also just spiritually in my life, where, you know, things that, um, Myra teaches us about and I'm going to hopefully go get her on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, oh shit. is about. uh that she teaches that, you know, that each feeling is worth a nickel mm-hmm. and each feeling is therefore valuable, but no no feeling is more valuable than the other. right So give them all their due time, but let them all pass. Like and, and so try to live in that center mm-hmm. of not being moved by everything and letting every single uh, like oh, I didn't get this, so I'm I'm down or I got this, so the world's turned around and mm-hmm. you you know and that's thing you I think you've had to learn but yeah. like you know yeah. like hey I might go get to do this I might be in Europe I might be in Amsterdam but then I have to go back and live in the living room and ask my mom for to pay my phone bill. <laughs> you know
1: but that's in the center is Gabe just being happy yeah yeah well and it's yeah a big thing with I did you know after my my childhood is I became very safe especially when I started comedy like I always had a day job I always was very protected and uh, so when I came out here I was like i'm I came here to be uncomfortable I came here to to feel like I don't fit and I need to you know break out like that's that's what I'm here to do so that's that growth. Mm-hmm.
0: That's growth. Growth is grow, growing pains, right? You know, you no know, growth is is easy and comfortable.
1: Yeah, yeah. You think a butterfly enjoys breaking out of a cocoon? I don't
0: know. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> not. Maybe it feels like the Kool-Aid man busting out <laughs> of a
1: house, or, or like peeling off like a face mask or something. See, maybe it feels really good. Could feel really
0: or Maybe good. you're just like, oh, I'm about to show these wings. <laughs> these motherfuckers don't even know about these wings. Yeah. Like, Fuck. I hope I'm not a moth. <laughs> 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 gabe it's a pleasure having you i'm sure we'll have you many times when it, whenever another guest uh drops out. well i live seven minutes away <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming buddy thanks for having me